Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we're live. We're going to let the stream, you guys know the drill. We're going to let it breathe just for a minute here, just for a second. Make sure it's nice and stable. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle and powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, my partner in crime. You know him, you love him. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, we were complaining that Monday was kind of a quiet news day, but Thursday, I don't know about you, but it's just, it's been rough. There's not much going on except for the fact that more kind of photos and things of Drew Locke working out getting some things together with the receivers, which is better than nothing. Cause as we talked about a couple days ago, coaches and players, the soonest they might be allowed back onto the facilities into the facilities, I should say June at some point. Yeah. I mean, on my end, I had a little more news, I guess with the Dak Prescott raging rumors that seem to never end, but it's good for, you know, it's good for business. Um, I, I see though that more and more players and coaches are holding Zoom press conferences right now. So at least in the absence of OTA practices and mini camps, we at least have some sort of media availability. So as content creators, Chad, you and I, it's good for us. Right now, we wish it was a more normal season, not this virtual off season. But we'll take what we can get right now. Yeah, this thing is killing us, man. It's like we complained about a couple of days ago that even if you know, it's not like there's a lot that happens at OTAs, but. At least with OTAs, you get the media availability after each practice, right. and you hear from the head coach every day. And you know, it's it's fodder for guys like us that we just eat it up. We analyze every word. We can spend 
20 stories out of two players' media availability. And unfortunately, we're not getting that. Now, the Broncos have made a couple of players available for uh, virtual pressers, if you will, and we've been on those. We've we've put Luke uh, Patterson on those each and every time. And I think we had Drew Locke and Kareem Jackson on one, and then Cortland Sutton. Uh, I want to say Noah Fant, but it might not have been Noah. But either way. That's what we've had to get by with, and it's a far cry from what it usually is like traditionally. So hopefully, you know, knock on wood, hopefully they can get get back to business here in the relatively near future and get guys back in the building. Yeah, it's encouraging, though, that in the meantime, at least Locke is doing everything he can to meet up with his receivers and form that chemistry and really – I don't want to say, you know, gaming the system, but he's doing everything up until the boundary of what the the, the distancing rules are and what the the nature of society is right now. Locke is conforming to that, but still with the mindset of a franchise quarterback going into his first year as a full-time starter, gathering the chemistry, getting his players together, and giving some sort of advantage before training camp in late July. Guys, you know what today is. It is our favorite podcast episode of the week. We are your football priests, and each and every Thursday night, we're here to offer you the absolution and answers to your burning Broncos questions, and we're going to get to those here in just one second. First, though, we're going to run through a couple of quick matters of business, say hello to our uh, awesome listeners and viewers who've been hanging out in the room like Toy Mafia, Darvel, what's going on? We'll get to your question, Darvel. See you guys. Uh, Young Hog, what's cooking? Uh, hopefully it's not still buffering for you, my friend. Big E, Juana's in the hizzy. Uh, Johnny Baby's in the hizzy. We'll get to Johnny's super chat here in a minute. But welcome in, everybody. couple of really quick reminders. We also have a winner of the giveaway on Apple Podcasts to announce tonight. We'll get to that here in just a minute. Um, but really quick, guys, the show is growing each and every week, so we have to make sure our new listeners know how to find us. Make sure you are following the show on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod. That's how you keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the show in real time. And while you're at it, you want to also make sure you're following Mile High Huddle, at Mile High Huddle. Easy to do. Breaking new Broncos news and analysis as it's unfolding in real time. And then one last thing here, guys, is you want to get yourself one of these hats. You want to get a Football Priest t-shirt. You want to get a Mile High Huddle hoodie, state of being. You want to get a face mask. You want to get one of the mugs that have been really popular as well. Check out huddleuppod.com, get your swag on, and it's another way to support what we're doing at MHH. If you're not in a position to do that, it's all good. Some some people, a lot of people right now are going through difficult times, so we're not going to ask you to do that, but if not, just do this. Here's three simple things you can do, organic, to support what we're doing here. First of all, if you're on YouTube and you're among that 35 to 40% of our viewers that aren't subscribed, take care of that. It helps us. It helps you. You can click the notification bell and ensure you don't miss a live stream ever. Like it, share it, especially like it, guys. That helps us in the algorithms to rise up and and reach new listeners. So take care of that. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. 
These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. All right, Zach, we'll get the conversation flowing here really quick by grabbing John. This is two nights in a row that he jumps in, leaves a super chat, and then bounces out because he has to work. Jumping in uh, with the $10 super showing that generosity and support. We appreciate you, John. You know that. He says, just wanted to show my guy some love since I can't watch live again today. Hope the MHH fam has a great night. And remember to smash that like button. Hashtag state of being, baby. Denver Broncos for life. Very cool, John. We appreciate you. you. And Darvel, Zach, let's answer Darvel's question because he's he's been, I've noticed this last week or so, he's one of the first people in the room hanging out, waiting for the stream. He says, good day, gentlemen. Hope you both had a great day. What do you think of Denver on the quarterback position having so, let's see, having so many quarterbacks when the team can just spend the salary on a franchise quarterback? I'm not sure what he's getting at there. Um, translate. I need Zach to translate. I'm uh, My brain's a little confused right now. What do you both think on Denver on QB position, having so many quarterbacks when the team can just draft, spend the salary on a franchise quarterback? Um, I don't know what you're I, asking my friend. I don't if you want yeah, to reformulate that one. I don't know. I don't know. We'll try to come back to it. We'll circle yeah, back. Circle back and uh, we'll see what we can do. Zach, before we, Get too much farther, though. Let's announce the winner of the the drawing. So we had, let's see, let me count it up here. One, seven new additions to, which is doesn't sound like a lot, but it actually is quite yeah. a quite a lot um, on our Apple Podcast page. And the winner is one. Where where did it go? We put it in the hat. Drew the names. Suspense. It's it's, uh, it's none other than where did it go? Oh, there it is. Uh, Drew Hollenbach. <laughs> Oh, is the winner. There he is. So, Drew, I know you already have some many pieces of swag. You've been uh, one of the probably the strongest patrons of huddleuppod.com. So maybe reach out to us. And I think what we put out there, of course, was the football priest T-shirt and the face mask. Maybe you want a face mask. Um, so reach out to us. Let us know. if Do you want both pieces? I don't recall if we sent you a shirt. You might already have a shirt. But reach out to us, Drew. Congratulations on that, and thank you for heeding our call to action. So many of you have seven beautiful uh, five-star reviews, Zach. It's, that's what we needed. Yeah, thank you to everyone who's left reviews and every single listener, every single commenter, every single donator, supporter. We have our 7K special coming up, Chad. We're going to give back to our fans, give back to our show's listeners. We're excited about that, but congrats on that, Drew, and uh, keep leaving those reviews, guys. We do appreciate it every time you do. Uh, it's very generous, and it doesn't go unnoticed. And if you are among those that left a review and didn't get your name 
uh, called on this particular giveaway. Hold out because at the end of this month, we'll do another giveaway for the month of, of May. We kind of got away from doing that for a minute, Zach, but I think we should start doing it again. Yeah. Making sure people know how to review and subscribe on, on Apple and then given, doing a giveaway on Apple. So I believe we actually had a, a question about that, Chad, about uh, leaving a review. I'm trying oh, to find we? it in the chat right now. Yeah. Uh, Kathleen wants to know. Chad and Zach, please explain how to write a review on Apple Podcasts. I listened to several podcasts yesterday, but I could not leave a review. So it's okay. Good so here's the here's the key is obviously if you're going to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, you have to do it listening on Apple Podcasts, right? So, and if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, uh, I just put a link in the chat stream. Uh, you know, here's the problem: I'm not an Apple user, so maybe you're better you're better off answering this one, Zach, because you use Apple, and I, I'm one of the great unwashed, you know, Android users. Yeah, I mean, if you go to the Apple uh, store, there's a there's a side compartment for podcasts. A- Apple keeps re you know redeveloping their their app store, but if there's a separate thing for podcasts, Apple Podcasts, go on there, search the Huddle Up podcast, click reviews, add review. It should be right, you know, cut and dry, simple, right in front of you. So we do appreciate anyone who wants to do that on Apple Podcasts. And it can only be done on Apple Podcasts. And there are you know, if depending on who. What platform, I should say, you're listening to the show. Now, there's the live stream community. Then there's some people who listen to the upload of the podcast that gets edited after the fact and uploaded on YouTube. There's like, I don't know, three, 400 people. That, that, that's how they listen to the show. And then on Apple, there's about 10,000 people that listen to it as a podcast after we re-upload the audio from the live stream. We just download that audio, put a bumper on it, put an intro, put an outro, upload that. And that's what people get on Apple Podcasts, iHeart. Stitcher, Spreaker, wherever, you know, basically CastBox, any any Apple or any podcast listening platform, whichever one you happen to listen to um, outside of the live stream, leave a review, no matter what. Even if it's not Apple Podcasts, every one of them has a little place for you to comment or leave a review, and it all helps us out. So yeah. check that out when you get some time. We appreciate it, Kathleen. And uh, Drew, even if you're not in the stream, I haven't seen you yet, but if you're not in the stream and you're listening to this after the fact, uh, reach out to me and we'll make the arrangements to get you what you need, my friend. And uh, again, thanks for taking the time, each and every one of you on that. And yeah. we will we'll do it again here very, very soon. All right. Let me scroll up in the chat stream. Don't want to miss anybody. Um, I wanted to get your thoughts, though, on this Bill Polian comment that, that came out earlier today. Of course, Bill Polian is the architect of the, you know, you don't quite call him a dynasty because the Bills went to four consecutive Super Bowls and, you know, wasn't able to get over the hump at any in any one of them. So in that sense, they're not a dynasty. Were they a conference dynasty? You could maybe qualify it by calling them a conference dynasty. But nevertheless, P- Bill Polian was the architect of those four, those teams that went to four straight Super Bowls in the early 90s. Also, the Indianapolis Colts, the, the, the initial Manning era, I want to say up until about the own oh, – I can't remember when he stepped down actually as GM, but he's in the Hall of Fame now. And he, of course, was Vic Fangio's, one of his bosses anyway, because Fangio was the defensive coordinator of the Indianapolis Colts from 99 through 2001. So one, three seasons. And let me just read you this quote, because Polian appeared today on the Stokely and Zach show on 104.3, the fan. And of course, Stokely was one of his former players there in Indianapolis. And he was talking about – now, this is kind of a dual topic here, Zach. He was talking about why the Broncos – the way this quote came up is he was actually talking about how Drew Locke needs to be in this offense and Pat Shermer. They need to be able to 
fight fire with fire and put up points and have some firepower. And while he was kind of waxing poetic on that subject and why it's important, he kind of dropped an interesting thing about Vic Fangio and the Broncos defense. So here's what he said, quote, in the playoffs late in the season, when the games are really meaningful in the division, you have to have the kind of firepower that can win shootouts. I don't care how good Vic's defense is and it's going to be really good. It's going to be really good. And it may border on great if he's able to get the right components in place because he's really an outstanding defensive coach, but you're going to have some shootouts with the Chiefs. That's just the facts. Houston was up 17-zip, right? Boom. In a wink of an eye, it was gone. So you have to have firepower across the board, close quote. So the, the interesting aspect of that, Zach, we can talk quite a bit about it, but the fact that he's saying, look, it's year two of Fangio's scheme. It's going to be a good defense. I think it could be a great defense. And, Zach, if this does, in fact, end up being a great defense for Fangio in year two, these Broncos are going to win a lot of games because this is going to be a significantly improved offense. We know that. We don't know how improved, but it will be improved. I really tend to agree with what he's saying here. You know, the old guard, the old message is defense wins championships. And defense can take you to a Super Bowl, but as we saw last year with Patrick Mahomes, offense nowadays wins the championships. Nowadays, the offense is the what puts people in seats and what brings titles to team facilities. It's just the way it goes. You saw it with Lamar Jackson this year, Patrick Mahomes the year before that. You still have to have a good defense, but the best teams now are the balanced teams. There's no coincidence as to why Kansas City finally got over the hump when they improved on defense. They always had the same offense, but they came within one game of the Super Bowl in 2018, and last year they finally made the big game and won because of their quarterback. So I tend to agree. As great as a defensive mind as Vic Fangio is, as great as this defense can be with all the pieces they have in place, it still comes down to Drew Locke taking that next step as the franchise quarterback. And you can hold with the Broncos defense. You can hold Mahomes to 24, 25 points, but you have confidence the Broncos offense, again, can outscore those 24, 25 points. In years past, it wouldn't happen with the Simeons, with the Lynches, with the Osweilers. Now, with Locke, you can have that. You can meet that. You can defeat a limited Kansas City offense. So I tend to agree with this message a lot. Well, and even think back to those Peyton Manning teams with uh, under Bill Pullian and even the Broncos squads. But at any point during Peyton Manning's career, the offenses always got out. I mean, always is an absolute. So often got out to a lead. And what did that allow those defenses to do? Tee off, sell out, really do kind of pin their ears back. Yeah. You had Dwight Freeney and uh, Robert Mathis in Indianapolis racking up double-digit sacks every year. In Denver, it was Vaughn and Demarcus Ware. Well, Vaughn and, and, and Elvis Doomerville for one year, and then Vaughn and Demarcus Ware. And that's it can have that kind of a positive trickle-down effect on the defense when the offense is really good. It can take some pressure off them, allow them to pin their ears back and get after them. So hopefully when we talk about balance, right, as a balanced team, a balanced defense – it starts trending that way because for the last three or four years, obviously, as we know, well, five years, really, you can go all the way back to 2015. This defense has been carrying almost all the water. I, I don't care what kind of defense you have. You can have the 2000 Ravens defense, but nowadays in the 2020 NFL, you're not going to win games six through anymore. You're not going to win games with a, just a dominant ground game. Look at Lamar Jackson and the Ravens for as good as he was last year. He got bounced out of the playoffs pretty quickly. He wasn't putting those offensive numbers up to hang with the better teams that he was facing. 
it's not just defense, it's not just offense. But what he's saying, Polian's saying, they already have a good defensive scheme in place, but the offense is the question mark. And if they can make that question an answer and lock and be that franchise quarterback, the Broncos are going to be a scary team. I'm happy at least one more person in the national media is seeing that. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Let's grab Robert here who wants to know which AFC West team besides the Chiefs will have a dangerous running game. You know, the Raiders did last year. I mean, with Jacobs. Very good point. I think even though we don't quite yet know how the snap share is going to work and overall what the scheme is going to look like exactly. I mean, who was it today? I read an article. They ranked Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay as the number two running back duo in the NFL. So honestly, I think I think it's when it all comes out in the wash and you can actually look back on it and measure statistics and the whole nine, I think it'll be pretty close between the Chiefs and the Broncos in terms of which running game is the most prolific. I'm going to give the edge. I mean, assuming Melvin Gordon is the Melvin Gordon that Broncos think they're getting, him with Philip Lindsay, considering his talent and ability, they're going to have the best running game. But the Raiders with Josh Jacobs, he's a really, really good runner, and the offensive line is built to open holes for him. The Kansas City Chiefs, they had Damian Williams. They drafted Edwards Hilaire. That's a that's a pretty good ground game when Patrick Mahomes is your starting quarterback. I'm still giving the edge overall, considering how pass-happy that Chiefs offense is and how they're going to rotate running backs in Kansas City. I'm going to say the Broncos have the best running game in the West. I was peanut butter and jelly, dude, when the when the Chiefs took Clyde Edwards Hilaire, dude. You know, Great pick. I was, I was hoping, not early. I didn't want the Broncos to spend a first or second round pick, but there was a part of me that was hoping maybe in the third they could get him. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Super chat, superstar Christian jumps in with a $5 super. Appreciate you, my Thank friend. You, he says, do you still expect the Broncos to sign one of the three tackles come July or August? So speaking to those top three that are still out there, if you had to make a bold prediction now, Zach, or you were putting some money down on it, what's your answer for Christian? You know what? I'm going to say they sign a tackle and it's going to happen before July. I'm going to, I'm going to say it happens sometime in the next month or so, four, five weeks. I think the Broncos realize now they cannot go into training camp. I'm not going to go on the same spiel I always go on. Everyone knows how I feel, but they cannot go into training camp with just a hobbled Elijah Wilkinson 
the sole contingency plan behind their two starting tackles. So, yeah, I don't know who it's going to be. It's not looking like Jason Peters. The longer Beecham is out there, though, given his ties to Mike Munchak, it just makes too much sense to, to not to happen. I agree. I agree. And they have a little bit of wiggle room, you know, a little bit of uh, Evan Mathis money to throw around in that respect. So and they can create more by releasing a few players. It's not that hard. Yeah, especially Jeff Hireman at this point. Yes. They just, I mean, it's what are you waiting it's, on? It's a log jam at tight end. And Jeff Hireman, solid veteran, but nothing to write home about. You basically sent the message that you needed to send to this, this offseason. Basically, these last two offseasons, Zach were an indictment on Jeff Hireman because first yeah. round was Noah Fant last year. This year, not only did they sign a, a tight end and Nick Vanette, but then they also drafted Albert O. It's a great so, point. Yep. You know, we'll, we'll see. Brian, speaking of superstars, really appreciate you, my friend, jumping you, in. Still the individual record holder for the biggest individual super of all time. And uh, we don't forget that, Bri. So it's good to see you, my friend. He says, I'm happy I get to see at least two of the first four games in New Jersey. I'm trying to think. Two of the first four games. You got the Jets in week four. Week three is, the, is Tampa and Denver. Week two is Pittsburgh. Week one is... Tennessee. So I'm not sure what you mean by that, right? Yeah, it, can't, it can't be the Giants or the Jets, the only teams that play in New Jersey. Yeah. Bill's, Bill's playing, obviously, upstate New York. Either way, that's cool, though. If you get to see a yeah. game, that's that's good for you, my friend. Hopefully you can go to the game, you know, if you can get in. Yes. There's fans in, in the stands this year. We're keeping our fingers crossed on that front. Things continue to seem positive on, you know, not to derail this pod. A lot of people super sensitive when it comes to these things. If you If you say anything that is not one hundred percent within the orthodoxy. You, you, you know, yeah. we get just even today. You and I were discussing a tweet. Someone, someone added us. I can't remember who it was, and I wouldn't use their name on this anyway. Uh, telling us that the, I mean, literally, if you look at our podcast, Zach, as a pie chart, the sliver of time that we even mention or talk about this issue minuscule. is so minuscule that it would be less than ninety nine point nine percent of our of our show. Right? It'd be less yeah. than. That so ninety nine point nine percent of our show football Broncos and that little sliver it would still be less than that and dudes trip over us even bringing it up because we're not talking about we're not viewing it through an apocalyptic lens and that everything needs to be shut down from now until you know we're graying the beard so uh, anyway Stu jumping in as always supporting Mile High Huddle Zeus McPeak Zeus McPeak from the the clouds that's right (laughs) and Stu. well, we're going to be reaching out to you here soon if you have an interest. It, not everyone is going to be interested in that, but we are going to be featuring our our superstars here on the podcast in a little bit more unique way as we get closer to the season. And so yep. just ask yourself, Zeus, whether or not you want to appear on a live podcast, and uh, we'll we'll be in touch here soon. All right, let's see here. Really appreciate, as always, Stu, the, yep. the support, my friend. Uh, let me see here. So many awesome viewers in the stream. I see Kathleen's question there. Let's grab Jordan. Oh, Jordan, dude, you need to send us that. Uh, you need to send us that selfie you've got in your profile pic, my friend. Rocking the Gator. Let let us give you some uh, a shout out on MHH social media. So reach out to us, my friend. That's rad. He's got the MHH face mask in his YouTube profile repping the brand like a true boss. He says, which depth player has the best chance to overtake a starter this season, similar to what Alexander Johnson did last year? Zach, for me, it honestly comes down to Draymond Jones. I think Draymond Jones 
it's only a matter of time before he supplants Shelby Harris this year. And it just comes down to whether or not he makes that jump, Jones. And I think he will. I mean, what he showed down the stretch as a rookie really surprised me. And I think Vic Fangio and uh, what's his name? Ed Donatel and, of course, Bill Kalar, that trio of defensive coaches, I think they're big fans of Draymond Jones. They're going to encourage that. The Broncos only brought Shelby back for one year, right? It was a one-year deal. They said something in a subtext, right, when they when they only brought him back for one year. They're saying that, look, we've got options at that position beyond this year, and I think you're going to see Draymond. I wouldn't be surprised. This isn't a bold prediction. I wouldn't be surprised if Draymond Jones is starting a defensive end opposite of Jarrell Casey by the end of this season. Perfectly said, and that, that was definitely my first thought. I'm going to say Cernad, though, for the sake of, you know, to change things up. I think if he can stay healthy, if he can learn the playbook and master that, he will overtake Todd Davis. It's, it's funny that the question mentions A.J. Johnson because I think Cernad is going to be the dynamic partner that Johnson needs for the long term. So it's only a matter of time before Davis is overtaken. I'm going with Cernad. I love the rookie linebacker. Let's grab Bronx legend jumping in, super chat superstar bona fides. We've missed you the last. Seems like the last couple pods. I don't remember seeing Bronx legend in the uh, in the stream. So it's good to have you here for the Mile High Mailbag, my friend. He says with Michael Ojemudia's smarts and Coach Fangio's evil genius on defense, what are the chances that Michael balls out in year one? That's a really good question, and I think uh, I think he's. You know, we told you this coming out of draft weekend. We said that Michael Ojemudia is a sleeper to kind of come out of nowhere and steal a, a starting spot this year, Zach. And I, I'm, I mean, we haven't seen anything that would dissuade us from that in the first place. Nothing's happened, right? So I think, uh, I think there's a good chance he could be a real stud. I think there's a good chance that he's going to break that bad juju Elway has for drafting corners in the third round. You know, I hate to be a stickler, but it comes down to what you define as balls out. Does that mean he records five interceptions? He becomes a starter, a pro bowler, defensive rookie of the year. I don't think that's going to happen, but he definitely has the highest upside of the cornerbacks that Chad just mentioned, Langley and Yadam. He can be a very, very solid NFL number two cornerback, especially in Fangio's system. But I think in year one, if he can just develop and progress and leapfrog Bosby on the depth chart, leapfrog Callahan on the depth chart, if he can end the year starting opposite A.J. Boye, I think that's a very successful balls-out year for Michael Lowe. Balls out indeed. No Omar jumping in. (laughs) (laughs) Omar jumping in on Facebook. We, of course, don't want to neglect our awesome Facebook audience. He says, what's up, guys? want to know or I want to know your opinions on Nick Wright's predictions of Denver going three and 13. I have Denver at nine and seven. Omar, thank you for the question. We addressed this in depth on a previous podcast, but since you asked the question, both of us scoffed at the idea. I did a way too early predict. We both did. In fact, that was one of the podcast episodes. We did a schedule prediction. We went through each game. I want to say, Zach, you picked 10 wins and I picked 11 and it was off the cuff, kind of a gut reaction to the schedule release the night it came out. And then I even went in after the fact and did a longer evaluation of the, of the schedule. And I'm, stay, I, I'm sticking with 11-5 and five for now. And then I'm going to reevaluate after we see this team in its current form yeah. at some point this summer in the preseason or whatnot. So suffice to say, he is a Chiefs fan, Nick Wright. And I think that kind of colored, if you will, uh, his analysis here. And a bad Chiefs fan. He had that, that old 
a banner behind him. It's like from 1955 that she, I, I don't understand why he tried yeah. to show that off, but uh, I, there's nothing more to say about him. He's, he's baseless. He's, it's an ignorant, lazy, stupid, ridiculous tape. I don't want to drag him further. We spent about two pods just clowning on him. He's this year's Adam rank. And just as Adam rank did it this year after last year, Nick Wright will, or at least should apologize to Broncos fans for that ridiculous three and 13 prediction. They're going to win more than three games in the first six or seven weeks. And he will come around and see. But by that time, the Broncos, I don't want you on our bandwagon. Three wins? To hell with you. Yeah. He's going to need a lot of A1 sauce to eat all that <laughs> eat crow. That crow. It's, right. it's, it's coming. Uh, just some thoughts for Jerry here, who is coming out of replacement surgery. He says, in my room, just finally got the pain under control. And holy smokes, my boys are on. Happy to see uh, see you here. It's, well, we're happy to see you, my friend, and hope, things, hope you uh, recover from that. Yeah. Quickly, my friend. Um, oh, that's that's Glenn talking to Beast. I won't grab that one. All right, let's see what else we got here. Barry McBride jumping in. Thank uh, you, Barry. Barry, it's good to see you. Um, Barry wants good, to know. Good question right here. As a Browns fan, what level of play should we expect from Andy Janovich? And why did the Broncos let him go? Barry, you know I love you, my friend. Barry and I go back a ways. Um, it really comes down to the fact that Pat Shermer does not utilize the fullback position. The funny thing about it, Barry, is you probably know this by now, because I know you're a man that does your research covering the Browns. Um, the Broncos extended Jano and they, they paid him, you know, he's a former, what was he? Sixth round pick in 2016, I want to say. And he, he played out his rookie deal. They extended him last year. And so you thought you figured, you know, he's got at least another three years, the term of his deal out to, to play out in Denver. But then Shermer, they fired Rich Gangarello and they hired uh, Shermer. And at that point, I guess they just didn't see a place for for that kind of money going to a fullback and a place in the offense. And they had a taker there in the Browns. And so they dealt him. But he's a very good lunch pail type guy that can do a lot of different things as a fullback. He's really good at ISO blocking, surprisingly good, you know, blowing up a linebacker. Uh, he's surprisingly good with the ball in his hands. His first touch, Barry, I don't know if you're aware of this. His first touch from scrimmage as a pro, he took it to the house 32 yards against the Panthers in the season opener as a rookie in 2016. So he's, we were set every, everyone in Broncos country was sad to see Jano go. And we just know that, you know, it's probably the best thing for him because he wasn't going to have much of a role on offense this year, Zach. It's not like the Broncos were, were trying to save money in the backfield, though, but with Janovich because they gave whatever they saved to Melvin Gordon, his $13.5 million guarantee. Different tangent, though, uh, about Janovich. It, it's a dying breed in the NFL fullbacks overall. I mean, they're really not utilized by a lot of NFL offenses, including the more single back, like Pat Shermer's offense and, and you know, uh, the Rams offense over there in, in Los Angeles. But the thing about Janovich, he can do everything really well. He's he can catch the ball. He can block devastatingly. He's good on the goal line. He's good on specials. He's a fan favorite, good in the locker room. It's a really good pickup by the Browns for that offense with Baker Mayfield, Nick Chubb, the, the two receivers they have. If he can just, you know, utilize him, if he can get on the field, he will make an impact. But I do like that trade for the Browns. And they gave up nothing to get who I think is one of the premier fullbacks as much as that means in the NFL. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. 
Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Exactly. Nad Ludlow jumping in with a $5 super, one Thank of our you, superstars. He says, my uncle has been a Penn State season ticket holder for 40 plus years. KJ Hamler is one of his all-time favorite Nittany Lions. I'm excited. He's a Bronco. Well, that's cool to hear, man. He's a very exciting, dynamic young player, but he's he's as exciting and talented as he is, Zach. He's, he's you know, he's got to work his way up the depth chart. He's got to put it all together as as a rookie out on the grass, and that might take him a little time. So don't expect the world necessarily right. from Hamler out of the gates. Jerry Judy, I think it's safe to have a little bit higher expectations immediately. Hamler's, I think it's going to take him a little bit of time to kind of, and the coaches, for what it's worth, figure out how to work him in. Yeah, I, you know, I wasn't the biggest fan initially of the Hamler pick. I mean, I'll say it again. I didn't think the Broncos should double up that soon. But I've come around and I've resigned myself to him being on the team and I've accepted him and what he can bring to the table, that Tyreek Hill level speed with Drew Locke, Cortland Sutton, no offense, Jerry Judy. It's so exciting. But what Broncos fans think is because he was a second round pick, because he's super fast, he's going to be a thousand yard receiver. He's going to be an instant day one contributor. Like Chad just said. He can be a sub-package player to start out. He can be a rotational player to start out. He might not be getting significant snaps. They can put him in three wide packages. They can just have specific routes he can run on the field. He's going to be a weapon going forward. But 2020, at least initially, it could be kind of an acclimation process for a guy who needs to develop more of a well-rounded game than just speed. Norman Hall jumping in with the $5 super. Thank you, Norman. Thank you, Norman. And if you're on Twitter, make sure you reach out so we can connect and shout you out after the show, my friend. He says, love the show. I started listening to you guys since the start of last season and haven't stopped. Awesome. That's awesome. awesome dude. I'd be curious to know, Norman, how you came across the podcast. Was it as a, you know, listening on Apple and then you heard about the live streams? Was it from YouTube, the live streams? And I'd be curious to know, uh, et cetera. And Jordan here, Jana was great for special teams too. Was he just traded to get salary cap relief? That was part of it, but it wasn't the predominant, you know, factor. It was – they didn't have need of a, of a fullback. And if you're going to use a fullback in any way, if you're going to retain one, you're not going to be, you know, a top five paid fullback. And, you know, that's, it's just a waste, unfortunately. So, you know, we all wish that uh, 
the Broncos were made up of 11 Janos or 20, <laughs> 20, 20, 22. 22 Janos. Yeah. That's, that's right. Old Levo. Uh The thing, though, is the Broncos were incentivized because they got something in return for him, though. I just mentioned fullbacks being a dying breed. The fact they got any compensation, even future compensation, like, okay, we're going to probably cut this guy anyway. He's not going to have a role. We'll get something while we can for him instead of, you know, chopping him for nothing. Yeah. Yep. And, I mean, they drafted him with a sixth-round pick. Utilized his services for four seasons and then dealt him for a seventh. So that's not a bad deal for the Broncos. Um, Ashish jumping in on Facebook. Hi, guys. What do you think about Pat Shermer's offense? Is it really good at utilizing the various weapons we got in the offseason now? I heard it is very player-friendly, but the same was said about Mike McCoy's offense in 17, which didn't last long. Scoring enough points is very crucial in today's NFL. And also, do you think we'll have an NFL season this year? Maybe not. Uh, maybe, maybe not, or without fans in the stadium. All right, Ashish, night and day difference between Shermer and Mike McCoy, first and foremost, is the fact that it's, this is unlike McCoy's. Shermer's offense is quarterback friendly, and there's a lot of ways that it's quarterback friendly. Mike McCoy's, meanwhile, he had a playbook that he brought in in 2017 <laughs> that, was, that had over 1,100 plays. It was like a right? Cheesecake Factory menu. Yes, Okay, you can't install that. You can't expect your guys to learn that. There's nobody. Peyton Manning doesn't have 1,100 plays memorized in in that big football brain of his. So just a lot, just bogged. I don't know what it was. He found a way to groove with Peyton. Mike McCoy deserves credit because he he converted the Kyle Orton offense that began in 2011 and turned it into the most prolific rushing offense in the NFL when Tim Tebow took over. And then the very next year. He converted it into the Peyton Manning, Mike McCoy hybrid offense, and that's what got him a, a, a head coaching job. But he just, I don't know, he changed, dude. He lost the plot. Whatever it is, he forgot how to keep it simple for guys. And in the case of Shermer, you don't have to worry about that. But one of the other similarities, Zach, both more spread-oriented schemes. I think Shermer, though, has a little bit more of an emphasis on two things different than, than McCoy. One, vertical attack. To, uh, is passing the ball to running backs out of the backfield. Yeah, you know, it's a good point you brought up with, with Shermer's playbook. It's part of the reason he was fired is because he was overloading the players. He was making it too complex, and they brought in Bill Musgrave as his replacement, and the first thing Musgrave did was cut down that playbook to something super thin and easy, easily digestible for the players. McCoy was an awful pairing to begin with with someone like Vance Joseph, a rookie coach who – we come to know was way in over his head. You know, McCoy was resting on his previous laurels in Denver and in San Diego with the Chargers. Shermer's offense, the best way to put it, it's vertical, it's aggressive. Shermer has bona fides as a quarterback whisperer. He's really, in a lot of ways, the opposite of Mike McCoy. He's a little more proven, in my opinion. He's done more over more stops. And that's the biggest thing the Broncos hired him to be, that quarterback whisperer for a lock who can also call plays with the best of them, like a North Turner. Awful head coach, really good coordinator. The Broncos got a good guy. And as you said, just more proven. You know, he used his coordinating to get him his first head coaching job with Cleveland and completely botched it. He was not a good head coach in Cleveland. But because he's a good coordinator, he landed on his feet, put in a few more years as an OC, and then because he did a good job in Minnesota with Case Keenum that year, got another head coaching job. So kind of similar to Wade Phillips in that lousy head coach, but a brilliant coordinator. And he has, yeah. unlike Mike McCoy, who I believe is still out of the NFL, isn't he? I'm pretty sure he's still out of the NFL. Pat Shermer, of course, has no he's, – he's in, he was in high demand. That's what changed for Vic Fangio at the end of the season when he was asked, 
do you foresee any coaching changes on your staff? And he said, no. Two weeks later, Scangarello's fired. Why? Because the Giants fired Shermer. And Fangio had to act if he wanted Shermer because there were at least four or five other teams that were trying to recruit and hire Pat Shermer. So Fangio uh, parted ways, and, and the rest is history. King Hicks, and by the way, yes, we do believe there's going to be a NFL season. One yeah. way or another, there will be. This This is a bold prediction. I don't even think it's all that bold, Zach. There will be an NFL season of some form. Might not have fans in the, in the stands in some states. Might not. It could end up being slightly delayed. Could end up being slightly truncated. So instead of 16 games, it might be like a 12-game season or right. whatever. But there will be football, not only at the NFL, also college. Count on it. King Hicks jumping in, $5 super. Appreciate you, you, my friend. Bonafide superstar. He says, shout out to my MHH family. Hope all is well and everybody's staying healthy. Work's been kicking my you-know-what. This community is life. Hashtag happy hour for me. Well, right on, King Hicks. I know uh, you're on the the supply chain, so you know we appreciate you uh, keeping those Amazon orders rolling, keeping everybody's – you know, shelf stocked one way or another. So we appreciate it, my friend. I had to look up Mike McCoy though, Chad, to see what he's doing. Cause I didn't know. Yeah, and I, I, I thought to myself, he was the, the coordinator with the Cardinals. And I was right. He was the O coordinator with the Cardinals in 2018. And he's been, he interviewed for a spot with the Panthers this off season. Didn't get it. That's the last we heard of. I think he's done. I think he's yeah. uh, milked that. Right. That well, I remember after the Broncos fired him, he languished. And then that uh, one, one year head coach, who was it? Um, that preceded Cliff Kingsbury. He only got one year at the table. Anyway, that's who he hired to be his OC. Was oh, Steve Wilkes? Yes, thank you. Steve Wilkes. And then when he was jettisoned, Mike McCoy's just been sitting out there, dude. He's yeah. he's used up, washed his 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 way. The NFL doesn't believe works anymore. So Ron Dub jumping in, one of our superstars wow. with a very generous thank super. You, thank you, Ron. He says, hey, everyone. Uh, hey, everyone is in awe about the wide receivers and the running – Excuse me, let me start that over. Hey, everyone is in awe about the wide receivers that the running backs get lost in the shuffle. The running backs will be used heavily and frequently. There will also be more disruption on defense. How early do you think we'll get our first turnover? Bold prediction, Zach. Week one. Last year it was took four weeks. It'll be week one this year. You'll see that be an emphasis. And, you know, thanks again, Ron. Every, uh, every team has – you know, ebbs and flows of good and bad juju. And for whatever reason, that first month last year on the schedule, Murphy's Law just had its boot on the Broncos' throat. What could go wrong went wrong. And, you know, conversely, when you come out of that, you know, it kind of opens teams up to good, positive karma, so to speak. And I think in that case, you know, this is a very um, esoteric take here that I'm making. But for that purpose, I think you're going to see the defense be kind of rewarded for the depths of uh, their depredations early on last season. Not only is it coming in week one, I'll take it a step further. It's going to come in a strip sack by Von Miller, reintroducing Boom. himself to the NFL, probably in the first half of the game, getting the crowd going. Tannehill has no chance coming off play action. I think that's when it's going to happen, week one. Glenn, this particular article, he was he's wondering who the number one running back duo was. I mentioned that in this article it was uh, Lindsey and Gordon were listed as number two. It was the Browns. So Nick Chubb and uh, who's the other guy? Anyway, the Browns duo for what it's worth. The name, the other name escapes. Who is the other guy? Yeah, I can't think of it either. Um, oh, uh, it, Kareem uh, Hunt. Right? Isn't it him? 
it was last year, but I, I don't know. I'll, uh, I'll find it here in just a minute. I'll answer that for you, Glenn. Chris L. jumping in. Appreciate you, Chris. Reach out if you're on Twitter. We'll connect and shout you out after the show. Appreciate your support. He says, what would Vaughn's next contract potentially look like? Ooh, that's a good question. Well, DeMarcus Ware didn't want – he was one of the highest-paid defensive players in the league circa uh, 2013. Didn't want to take a pay cut. Cowboys cut him. And I think Vaughn, you know, because – DeMarcus Ware is his close friend and mentor. I don't know. Maybe Vaughn will take a different approach when the Bron- when that time comes and the Broncos come knocking, whether it's to extend him on a new deal or if they ask him to take it less because he's not the same player he was. I don't know. But I think that point is coming sooner than later. Zach, what's your answer for Chris? Um, I think, like I said in the past, it's going to be determined by this season. Obviously, Vaughn had a really down year last year. I, it was probably his worst season statistically since his injury marred uh, 2013 season, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. So uh, if he goes back to being the Vaughn that we know, the 15, 18, 20 sack Vaughn, the Broncos will have no leverage. He can, you can, it's starring on a Vic Fangio defense back in the playoffs. He's back at being the franchise cornerstone, but. If he gets injured or has another down year, the Broncos are going to be like, listen, we'll give you an incentivized two, three-year deal, prove it deal, and let's get back to the bargaining table. It's going to be determined a lot by 2020. Very true. Very true. This is a crucial year for Von Miller. Not to say like he's – I mean, nobody misconstrue what we're seeing here. He's not on the bubble or anything like that. But in no. terms of his long-term um, standing with the team, he really needs to hit it out of the park this year. Doesn't mean he needs to lead the league in sacks, but he needs to get back into the double digits, be a consistent force, make plays when the chips are down like he did for all those years. And earn that money. And the money will flow. Yep, that's right. Uh, Mike, very cool, my friend. You, uh, That's right, skate punk from the 90s. I was in a band for many years in uh, straight out of high school, dude. And, and we were down. a punk band, and we Ooh. toured around. We, we had a lot of fun with it and uh, played on the Warp Tour for a couple of years and it was a lot of fun back in the day, but skate punk. Now, most people don't even know what we're talking about, but for those of you who are curious skate punk, some of the bands you might know, like offspring technically that they were a skate punk band from the nineties. So that's, that's just one example, but it's good to meet a fellow uh, punk rocker. My friend that's still honestly, dude, if you looked at my musical rotation at 40 years old, it's the exact same bands, dude, that I listened to when I was 15, et cetera. What does he say here? Can you get in Spotify so I can listen in my Tesla and not tie up my phone? We're on Spotify, bro. It's a nice flex, too, with Tesla. And, yeah, dude, that's a nice little flex you got there, buddy. (laughs) Kind of jelly right now. Yeah, dude. All right, let's see here. What else we got? A lot of great comments. Uh, Let's see. Kenneth here. I was like Zach and initially wasn't happy about the Gordon contract, but the more I think about it, the more it grows on me to have a fresh back to close games out and grind out playoff games. I mean, at this point, Zach, that's the best thing to do is just try and get behind it, but it's hard to rationalize because of what it meant for for Philip Lindsay, especially for me to this day. It still sticks in my in my crop. But it's like get behind the contract or get behind the player. I can get behind the right. player. I'm never going to get behind $6.5 million for him. I just can't get over that. It's too much money. The Broncos overpaid for him. He's a good player, 
But I, I liked Philip Lindsay in his role. So I can't get behind the contract, but eventually if he's the workhorse the Broncos think he will be, I can get behind the player. Ricardo jumping in with a what is what is uh, Brazilian currency? I don't even know, but that appears to be a very generous super. Thank you, yeah. Ricardo. He says, what's up, guys? Greetings from Brazil. Just want to congratulate the entire MHH family for the phenomenal content you guys put out. Also, congrats on your yeah. new column, Zach. Thank you, Ricardo. Hashtag That's awesome. State of being. And it's always extra credit, Ricardo, when you spell Zach's name correctly. <laughs> he doesn't miss that. It's so rare. I've gotten every variation of my name. Ricardo, that's so humbling. Thank you so much for checking that out. I'm going to have a new one up very, very soon within the next day or so. So hopefully you like it. Thank you again. That's awesome. Brian, one. The answer is one. I have one Red Bull locked and loaded, ready to go at my side for each and every podcast. 16-ouncer, baby, because you know I have a really high tolerance to caffeine because of what I do for a living. Um, all right, let's see here, guys. Bear with me. Oh, David jumping in. Very uh, generous being the superstar that he is on Super Chat. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate you, my friend. He says, still waiting on my merch. I know, dude. That's that's a good opportunity. Let's talk about this real quick because people like Pobby have been really patient. Others out there who are waiting on their merch. Guys, it's been longer. The the lead time, the wait time has been longer than we initially thought. Uh, And we just want everyone to understand on the merch store, we don't control fulfillment. So when someone makes an order, that order goes to our third-party provider who actually manufactures it and then ships it out. And because of the word that shall go unnamed, we, re- we received notifications about, I want to say, two weeks into April that things were slightly slowed down, like the turnaround time wasn't quite the same as it was. But And, and it kind of held steady like they said it would for about two weeks. But lately, man, it's been – quite a bit longer. So we just want to be out on front street with everybody on the merch store. It's, I would say two weeks. It's a two week wait. And that's just, you know, that might make for some people right now might not end up going to the store and buying something. We understand, but just know we can't control that. Your order will get shipped out. It's just that that company is operating on a fraction of the manpower, if you will, that they were before the, um, the bug hit we'll say. So, just show some patience. And David, I'm sorry you're still waiting, dude. It'll, it, it's coming, I promise you. We checked on that actually earlier today. Zach was on there looking at it. So we appreciate your patience, my friend. Let me but just say, though, come. full disclosure, Chad, sorry to interrupt you. I, <laughs> I ordered something myself. I ordered a net cover on May 5th, and I'm still waiting for it to be fulfilled. So it's yep. it's it's we understand if this discourages anyone from buying a net gator or buying a product from the store, but we don't control the turnaround times, and we – we give you guys the info that we get as soon as we get it. And we'll be completely transparent with that. Yep. And as soon as we know that maybe some of those restrictions and delays have been lifted off, we'll let you know. But again, yeah. you can still order. You can still go. We just want to be up front and make sure you understand. It's probably going to be about a two-week lead time for it to ship and then the road time. So just keep that in mind. David says, thanks, guys, for being our link to the Broncos. Do you guys think we will add any depth at defensive end? Which, honestly, David, I don't. Because, yeah. I mean, you got – it depends on how you view the the, the position, David, because a lot of people confuse Shelby Harris's position, for example, excuse me, with Vaughn and what Chubb do. They're the rush linebackers. The defensive ends in this, this scheme are the Shelby Harris's and the Drell Casey's. So you've got two bona fide veteran starters, Zach, behind them. 
you've got a bunch of a plethora of young guys just chomping at the bit to get on the field, yeah. including Draymond. We already talked about him tonight. Demarcus Walker, Covington, Chris Covington. Yep. Uh, I feel like I'm still missing one, but so for that purpose, David. Oh, McTelvin Ajim, third round pick. So for that purpose, they're kind of loaded for bear on this hunt at defensive end. I don't think you're you're going to see anything new come that way. I think if there's one position that they can safely leave alone for the rest of the year, it's defensive line. They have plenty. It's it's a great mix too, Chad, of veteran and youth, you know, young and old. It's a good mixture of potential and also floor right now for the Broncos. But th- that big trade for Jarrell Casey, I'm still excited about that. Regardless of the backups behind him or the depth behind him, having his prowess on the defensive line for a seventh-round pick, my favorite move of the offseason, Chad. Amen. George jumping in, one of our superstars from thank the you, MHH. Mount Rushmore, you know we appreciate you, George. And by the way, thank you f- for clarifying on uh, Twitter. He On his Super Chat yesterday, there was a little bit of a typo, and it kind of confused Zach and I at first, but then we kind of figured out probably what he meant, and then after the fact, he reached out to clarify on Twitter. So thanks for doing that, George. Appreciate you, my friend. And we're looking forward to you, to you being in the gut reaction streams after each game this year as well. There will be games. It's going to be fun. And, yeah, this is a reminder, Buona Beast here, Kelberman's Corner, He's uh, Zach has a column and a mailbag that he's going to be publishing under milehighhuddle.com called Kelberman's Corner. That's going to be a couple times a week. Uh, so be looking for that. Um, Kathleen here, Chad and Zach, a big thank you for not talking about the word that she'll go unmentioned. You both are the best sports guys that discuss the Denver Broncos. Thank you, Kathleen. Appreciate that. Very kind. And as you can see, we don't talk about it. And maybe when we do, when it does come up, we get we're blasted not, for one word coming out of our mouths though when we discuss it. Yes, and and I think it's because we don't just regurgitate right. what is being pushed around in in uh, the mainstream press. So I, I don't subscribe to the group think in, in no. football and politics and my personal opinions. I don't believe in the group think the check marks what they're saying. I'm forming my own opinion, and those who disagree with it, I'm I'm sorry. Amen. Leroy jumping in. Appreciate you, my friend, on Facebook. He says, Douglas Coleman, the undrafted safety from Texas Tech, I think can be the replacement for Will Parks when given a chance. He's a ball hawk. What do you guys think? The way it was explained to me when the Broncos uh, first signed Coleman is that he's the quintessential Fangio DB. So if that proves to be true, I will watch some of his film. His representative sent us some some, uh, cut-ups from uh, To Mile High Huddle that we looked at. Very intriguing young guy, and he's right, Zach, ball hawk. So that's one thing you couldn't really say for Will Parks. Very physical, very willing to do whatever his coach has asked him to do. Versatile, you know, kind of a jack of all, master of none, but not a ball hawk. And if Coleman can bring that to the table as a third safety or as a nickel big, you know, nickel safety in their in their big nickel packages, that could come in handy, man. Yeah, Parks was more T.J. Ward, whereas Coleman is more Justin Simmons. More of a rangy defender. He can probably be more of a playmaker in this scheme. I I really think he can push Trey Marshall for that third role. I think Marshall has the leg up right now considering his experience with the team. But Coleman's very, very talented. He shouldn't have went undrafted. The Broncos got a steal there in the eighth round of the draft, the unofficial eighth round. I think he will make the team, and he will push Marshall for that third spot. Robert wants to know, do you see Patrick Morris keeping the starting center position and maybe Lloyd Cushenberry becoming a depth piece in 2020? That's always possible because, again, the way Nick Kendall explains this is makes a lot of sense, and that is that you know we get really excited about rookies, especially those drafted in the premium rounds, and they're, not, they're kind of an 
unknown quantity and an unproven entity. And, and because of that, it's easy to get a little too out over the skis in terms of optimism. So in that sense, there is a, an element to Cushenberry that it's kind of like believe it when you see it. However, he is a very proven player at the position. He was a fringe first round, considered to be a fringe first round guy leading up to this draft. So I have no problem. I don't really second guess what I'm about to say. I think he will be the starting center this year. But if it does end up shaking out that he needs a little time to marinate, it won't be the worst thing. He's under Mike Munchak's wing. He'll uh, get the coaching he needs to be the player the Broncos eventually need him to be. But I'll tell you this, Patrick Morris, he did see a few reps on the field down the stretch last year, the last two weeks. Did not impress me. So I'm hoping it's Cushenberry because I don't think Morris really has it. Well, considering the way the Broncos devalue center, they didn't pay Paradis, they didn't pay McGovern, but they invested a, a fairly premium pick in Cushenberry. They got him, I think, at a great value. He is, by most accounts, going to be the week one starter. He would have to fall on his face. He would have to fall behind in his development or suffer an injury. It's the only ways. Morris is a nice depth piece. Morris is a nice project for Mike Munchak. But Cushenberry is a starter. He has more talent, more upside. He is the missing link uh, for the rebuild offensive line, and he will be in the starting lineup in week one. Man, the stream just did a jump, and I think it jumped some superstars. So I'm going to hope our YouTube analytics are back up, and I'll go pull it here in just one second. Um, that's right, J-Bone. I am 40. I don't no know. Way. I, look, I look 22, right? Not a day over 40, 21, dude. I was going to say, John. Yeah, dude, it's, it sucks. Uh, flipping booch. Uh, that's a topic for another time. Chad's banned. I'll, uh, maybe if you reach out to me on social media or email me, I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you every, anything you want to know. But I don't, I don't know that it would be perfectly appropriate to talk about on this podcast. And it's not because we were like crazy or anything. Like we wasn't profane or anything like that. But it's just not a stream I want to cross. Frankie jumping in. Appreciate you, my friend. Thank Superstar. You. Uh, he says, very generous super, by the way. Thanks, Frankie. Hey, guys. Just saying hello. And go Broncos from Colorado Springs. Very cool, Frankie. Thank you, my friend. And King Hicks reminding everybody, smash that like Hit button. It. We we appreciate that. Make sure that like button is pressed in some capacity. All right. Zach, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, that's not a question. Hold on one sec. And Todd, sorry, man. I didn't mean to get your hopes <laughs> up there. Uh, let's if you'll grab JP, I'm gonna hop sure. onto YouTube real quick and then I'll I'll hop in on JP after you address it. Yeah, JP drop it in 499. We appreciate you, JP. Thanks for that. He goes, uh, just checking in, y'all. I'm in my finals week for school and so far doing well. That's awesome to hear. Uh hope congrats. You, uh, yeah, hopefully Good job. You a smooth finals week. Wanna show some love, MHH best pod in sports history, hashtag state of being. <laughs> JP, we hope that our pod is is the first in a very good week to come for you in finals week. I remember that. It was always a good feeling when it was over with. And I in these uncertain times right now, I'm happy that, you know, it's going well for you. Hopefully. Yeah. What are you uh I'm curious what you're studying, my friend. Let me know. And by the way, uh Buona Beast and Zach can confirm this, but Literally right before we went live on this podcast, I was working on my double stroke rolls. Yep. Still trying to master that, dude. So drum, drummers unite. All right. The stream, and thanks again, JP. The stream did unfortunately skip many of our bona fide superstars. So let me paste them in here. You know, we don't prefer to do it this way, but thankfully the analytics are back up. So we can actually have a place to grab them when it does this. 
But of all the people, the stream has to skip. It's the queen. You know, it, it really irrita- irritates us when it's the queen of MHH. So thank you, Christy. You know, we we appreciate it. She says, going to miss Andy Janovich. Me too. I agree, man. It's it's yeah. it's a bittersweet situation. Maybe more bitter than sweet. You know, we'll all miss him for now. But when if if I should say not when Melvin Gordon's reeling off, you know, sixty yard runs, we're not going to even think about Janovich. But a good player while he was here, and um, I really think again it was a good pickup for the Browns, a sneaky good pickup for that running game. All right, we are at about fifty six minutes, and we can go a little bit over tonight. It's all good. Let's. It's a mailbag. Uh, it is the Mile High Mailbag. We are your football priests. You know this. KP, Big Kev, jumping in as well with a $5 super. Thank, Thank you, Kevin. You. He uh, says, smash the like button. Love the show, fellas. Florida strong, hashtag state of being. KP, you have become just so consistent and, oh, awesome. See, this is where it comes in hand, having uh, having Buana Beast in the house. Appreciate that, dude. Um, Kev. You should email us, milehighhuddle at gmail, and give us your personal deets. Let's let's get you out of – tell us what your T-shirt size is, and let's get you out of Football Priest T-shirt, dude. A little thank you for how consistent you've been in your support, my friend. We really appreciate that. Um, yeah. Buana's letting me know it did skip. Okay, so Glenn. Let me grab Glenn real quick. Where did it – Sorry, bear with us one sec, guys. Well, I'll just I'll just kind of march through one second here. Let's grab Terry. You know who it is, ladies and gentlemen. It is the man up in the frozen tundra of uh, Canada, proving as always that Broncos country is not a geographic location; it's a state of being. He's just showing the love, Zach. He's not. Doesn't have a question. Not really trying to say anything other than show, showing the support, state of being, Broncos world, and uh, we appreciate you. I don't know if Canada has a Mount Rushmore or a similar, you know, uh, structure, <laughs> but so. he's he's definitely up there. All right, let's. Uh, here's something James is bringing up. Interesting. NFL Europe increased its shipping times for merch for jerseys and whatnot due to the current situation yeah, until the exactly. end of August. Wow. Yeah, our, our lead times are not that uh, that gnarly. Uh, Newton, if you want to be a superstar, you super chat. It's only on YouTube, so you got to be watching live on YouTube. And from there, it's pretty self-explanatory in the live chat. We're not going to ask you to do that, but that's how you do it if it, if you're interested in supporting what we're doing here at uh, MHH. Justin brings up, "Hey guys, why isn't there an MHH Discord? Let's get the best crew on all the platforms." It's funny you say that, J-Bone, because we're coming out with a Discord here very, very soon. Not a lot of information I can tell you right this second, but we uh, we have a crack team, a brain trust, working on getting that set up. For those of you who don't know what Discord is, it's kind of tied to – it's kind of a – it's a social media, but it's also kind of tied to YouTube and Twitch for streamers and for the communities that are within the, the channels and the streams. And it's a place where if you're a subscriber, for example – Mile High Huddle on on YouTube or Twitch or Facebook or whatever, and you're a big part of the live stream community what we're doing here, Discord allows you to keep the conversation going, engage with what we're doing. Um, I don't know. I'm still learning a little bit about it myself, but we're going to have one up here very soon. Um, Okay, there it is. Here's Glenn. We did. It did skip Glenn. So just 
keep that in mind. We have one coming and it's been a learning process for us, to be honest with you, because, you know, we're not big gamers uh, and we're still kind of figuring out this YouTube thing, as everybody knows. So there is a, a discord coming. And when it launches, we're going to get the word out and get everybody over there. So stay tuned. Glenn, appreciate you, my friend. He says, how many wide receivers do you think the Broncos on the 50, the Broncos uh, will keep on the 53 and which ones? The weapons are sick. Hashtag state of being amongst Pat fans. Screw these. Bad <laughs> That's a sweet hashtag. All right. So how many wideouts will the Broncos keep this year? And if you had to make a bold prediction, who are they keeping? My bold predictions, they don't keep six. I think they go five. And the last five, I mean, it's going to be Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler. They're locks. I think Tim Patrick is, is mostly a lock. So it comes down to Deshaun Hamilton. It comes down to Juwan Winfrey. It comes down to Tyree Cleveland. I, I'm going to give the advantage there to Deshaun Hamilton. I, I don't think considering the pass-catching weapons they have at tight end and also in the backfield, they're going to need to carry six receivers. They can go heavier in the secondary, offensive line, defensive line. So those five, I think, are going to be on the 53. I'm going to say Sutton, Judy, Hamler, Hamilton. And I'm leaving. Honestly, I think it would be unwise to carry six this year, but they might have to because it's an embarrassment of riches. But at the same time, they could maybe get by Zach with only five and sneaking two or three onto the practice squad because there is that new wrinkle where on game day, they can call up two extra guys off the practice squad, swell the roster to 53 for, yeah. for game day only and then send two guys back down to the practice squad. So if you can access those guys on a game-by-game -game basis, why would you carry six? Right. You carry five, and you just hope that K.J. Hamler can be the return guy that you need. There's going to be a lot of receivers regardless so on the practice squad. I think Cleveland's a lock to go there. I mean, if they leave off a Patrick, or not maybe not Patrick, but leave off a younger player like Winfrey, he could be on the practice squad. There's going to be a stockpile on the, on the active roster and the practice squad of receivers for Drew Locke. Isaac wants to know, are you guys going to do a Broncos live play-by-play -play and reactions during games? So as longtime listeners of the show know, our calling card has been the Gut Reaction Podcast. In fact, that was the podcast we looked forward to each and every week. Before we turned it into a daily podcast in January of 2019, Zach and I would do the Gut Reaction Podcast after every game, and then Nick and Carl would do the preview, the Scout's Eye preview of each matchup. Then when we went daily, we still did the gut reaction, and uh, you know Nick and Carl did the the, the preview, so to speak. Um, we maintained that gut reaction through the live streams beginning last year. It was great. We we plan on continuing that. But Zach, a lot of our listeners want us to actually live stream while the game is going on, and it's something that we're considering. But in no way, shape, or form would it be us on screen and you seeing the game also yeah. on our screen. It would be like it is now where it's just our faces on screen. We're watching the game. You're watching the game. Right. We're talking about it together. We're considering doing that, um, but it, it's very time-consuming, and we also have a lot of responsibilities content-wise during the games, articles. If a player gets hurt, we got to get that news out, quotes. you know, We have our, our uh, open thread at milehighhuddle.com that we have to manage. So we're considering all the options. We might do that. I don't know, Zach. What do you think? Do you think we should do we should we should live stream games or keep it with the the gut reaction? 
I, I think we can test it out in the preseason to see how it works. But how what we learned for the draft is we can't have an NFL broadcast on the screen. We can't broadcast that for the podcast. So like Chad said, we can watch it on our own. You guys can watch it. We can react together like a watch party, but we can't have it on the screen with you guys. I'm open to doing it, though, maybe for maybe for a quarter of a preseason game, just to test it out. I'm always to do more pods to interact with Broncos country, I'm always all for that, Chad. Yes, absolutely. Yep, you guessed it, brother. That was the name of my band, Reverse Mohawk. That was us. No, but I, again, anyone curious, you can, I don't know, maybe I'm being a little too guarded about it. It's probably not that big of a deal. Another time, another place, I'll... uh I'll talk about it. Uh, Mark here jumping in, bona fide superstar. Good to see he you, Mark. changed his profile pic back because he knows that this is the, the way. This is the life, MHH. Mark Langley, I'm a little disappointed there's not a joke in this super chat, to be honest with you, Mark. This is what we look forward to most when you when you chime in. What's up, my guys? You know, we appreciate you, my friends. Good to see you. Rocking the state of being hoodie, rocking the hat like a boss. We miss you, dude. I know. Uh, I hope everything's going okay in your neck of the woods. And uh, we, of course, just corresponded recently. But it's good to see you in the stream, my friend. And you let us know anything new on your side of things. Appreciate you, bro. Chris jumping in as well with a super. He Thank says, you, with some contracts nearing the end, like Sutton, who is getting paid and who is getting a new team? Who do you keep for your nucleus? Well, let's see. So you have... 2017 is entering the contract year. So uh, Garrett Bowles, Demarcus, uh, who else was 2017? Almost everyone after that's gone, right? It was that one of the most wasted draft classes of all time in Broncos history. So I feel like I'm missing someone from 2017. But so the Broncos will have a decision to make on Bowles. I don't think Walker gets re-signed. And then the next class is 2018. Next year. The guy you're thinking of. But. Oh, that's right. Jake Butt. He's still with the team in a technical sense. We haven't seen him on the field for a long freaking time. <laughs> um, so Butt, but you know, he's in a he's in a prove it, kind of believe it when you see it type of situation with Jake Butt. But Sutton's a guy that will absolutely get in a second contract if he, you know, stays healthy and continues on this trajectory he's on. He will get that second contract. So I think that nucleus, the question really, Zach, the answer is who is that nucleus? My question on that is, is does John Elway view Philip Lindsay as a part of that nucleus? Because I would think he does. I would hope it, that he does. Yeah. Because eventually you're going to have to pay Locke. You're going to have to pay Sutton. You're going to have to pay Fant. You're going to have to pay Philip Lindsay. And I hope they do pay Philip Lindsay because he deserves the money just for what he's done in the last two years. Even if he doesn't do much in the next two years, those first two years, man, he carried this team and – I get it. If he's not producing in the next two years, of course you're not going to pay him. But I hope he does. I hope he does that. How about Justin Simmons? He's, he needs to be paid right now. He's part of that nucleus as well. Cortland Sutton, I'm going to take it a step further. I mean, I'm optimistic. I'm hopeful. I love the guy so much. I love watching him play. He will never see another team's uniform throughout his career. He's going to stay in Denver throughout the entirety of his career, and he's going to end being one of the most decorated and best receivers in Broncos history. I think he has that level of upside. Philip Lindsay on the outside looking in, the Broncos demonstrated their loyalty or lack thereof to Philip Lindsay by not giving him a new deal and then bringing in his replacement and giving him guaranteed salary. I don't know about Lindsay. Locke's going to come up. If he develops into a quarterback, he's going to get a fat contract. Sutton, Fant, like Chad said, Justin Simmons, A.J. Johnson down the road maybe next year if he has another good season. Uh, they're going to have a lot of contracts to hand out, but it's a good problem to have, Chad. All right. 
lot of curious listeners. Bear with me one second. I'll just give you guys. Let me see. Yeah, here it is. You guys want to check it out? This is a some fan put this together from back in the day that's still on YouTube. You guys can check it out. That, this was my band. Um, I'll check out Charlie Ben Benante cover of YYZ. Isn't that a uh, Rush song? YYZ, I want to say. Let me check it out, dude, real quick. That's Rush. Check that out after the fact so I don't bore everybody here. No, Charlie, the band wasn't Butthole Surfers. <laughs> Terry. <laughs> That's Balls good, out. Buddy. That's good. You make us laugh, bro. Um, all right. We're uh, at 108, so we do have to start winding this thing down. Here's a good question from Gary. Gary's a good friend of mine and a longtime listener of the show, supporter of MHH. He says, every team has a weak link, and you're only as strong as your weakest link. What do you all think is the Broncos' weakest link? Zach, you answer first. Number 72. Uh, that's by far and away the left tackle being the second most important position behind quarterback, and Garrett Bowles is a left tackle. I mean, that is by far and away the weakest link on the Broncos. They've really repaired and replenished the roster. They stocked the cover. They built around their franchise quarterback. But Garrett Bowles, to me, Chad, I don't see a bigger link or weak link than him. I feel a little bit better about corner. But cornerback, to me, I think, is just because of how unproven the room is outside of Bouye, outside of – I mean, you can barely say that Bryce Callahan has proven. He had one really prolific year, ended in injury, and we haven't seen him on the field since. So for me, I'm going to say cornerback, but I do share Zach's sentiment. I'm worried about offensive tackle because you know how you're one injury away with Juwan James from Elijah Wilkinson out there at right tackle again and Garrett Bowles. We just need to see it in action. So every team, as you said, though, Gary, has a weakness. The Broncos are – Every team in the league has that has at least one glaring issue, and hopefully they can they can it doesn't end up biting them in the rear end. Uh, BNS wants to know what do you guys think of Cordy Glenn or Demar Dotson as possible offensive mm-hmm. tackle backups? I I don't mind the idea of Cordy Glenn, no but Dotson. I still I would still pre- pre- uh, prefer Jason Peters or um, Beecham. Yeah, uh, Demar Dotson. He washed out in Tampa Bay. I, he's he's really a boomer bust tackle. Cordy Glenn, Kelvin Beecham, Jason Peters. They're all starting caliber guys who you can get as your swing tackle in an ideal scenario. So any of the three, I'm okay with this at this point, Chad. All right, let's see. In, indeed, Christy, forty is the new thirty. All there right, we're hitting. I want to make sure we uh, Justin here. Chad, I've got years of Discord server management experience. I'll hit you up on Twitter. Yeah, dude, hit me up. I could use some help. We'll see. No, no promises. Don't. We'll see though. I mean, I appreciate the offer. Let's let's see what we can uh, come up with, man. Um, all right. Bear with us one second here, guys. We have to start winding it down. Here he is, Mark Langley, jumping in five dollar super once again. Had my septic tank cleaned out, and the service <laughs> tech guy's name was Garrett. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm told, and I told him, I'm glad you're here because I have a lot of used toilet bowls. <laughs> Hashtag and never fails, Mark. There you go. Now we're talking, Mark. Oh man, now that's we're funny. Uh, now we're cooking with grease, baby. <laughs> that was funny. All right, let's see here. Just love the conversations that 
that catch fire in the in the chat stream within the community. It's just cool to see people connecting around the pod. It's really cool. Derek, it's all good. Jumping in with the $10 yeah. super. Appreciate you, Derek. Just made it. Sorry I missed most of the pod. Hey, we'll forgive you, my friend. Appreciate you jumping in like that. And Derek, if you're on Twitter, let me know. Reach out so I can uh, connect. We can connect and shout you out, my friend. Mark, again, wrong profile pic. My bad. <laughs> Hashtag hey. <laughs> All good. Um, okay. I just want to make sure we're not skipping anybody, guys. Unfortunately, you have to get out of here. We're getting a little... A little long. Todd says, Chad, I think you and your crew do a great job with your analysis and creating interesting and fresh content about my favorite team in all sports. Thanks for reading my lame joke. All good, dude. Appreciate the kind words and appreciate you being with us here. Zach, if you wouldn't mind really quick grabbing one, just a comment, a question real quick. I'm just going to circle back on YouTube and make sure we didn't miss anybody on the super chat. Yeah, I see uh, Dylan dropping in $2. I appreciate you, Dylan. Value, consistent listener. We love Superstar. you, Dylan. Yep, there he is. I uh, hope we can have a meetup after all this. You know, Chad, it's one of the biggest uh, – in a year full of disappointments, it's one of the biggest disappointments that our Vegas plans for the draft fell through. We, we, we had this entire thing ready to go, the entire the logistics, the flights, the hotel, what we're going to do, what the meetup consisted of. We are yep. going to have it again. It's not going to be a cancel thing so much as postponed to a later date, but it will come sometime in the future. Yes. And maybe that ends up being some kind of a tailgate for a game, maybe in Denver. Of course, Denver would be the obvious solution or the obvious uh, destination for that. Maybe we could also do one. We have a lot of listeners in Vegas. Maybe we could do something on the Vegas away game when they play the Raiders. Good point. So we're going to be, striving to put stuff together. And that's one of the cool things about your support, this organic support that has come from super chat from the YouTube community is financially, it's going to give us options to do that kind of cool stuff where we can organize meetups and do things. Whereas, you know, just, just working off what we do um, with the written content at the website might not have been feasible to just drop everything and, you know, put together, put together a catering event and rent a room or, you know, section off a tailgate and provide food and drinks and stuff for a get together now and travel nevertheless for if it ends up being a Vegas trip or whatever. So you guys organically support the show the way you do gives us those options, my brother. This is pretty funny though. If we had a meetup, every time someone says bowls, we all drink, I would have alcohol poisoning in like 10 minutes. So that's not, <laughs> that's not a great drinking game involving good your to, bowls. Good to see you, Gary, as well. All right, guys. Um, we have to get out of here for now. Thank you for making this Mile High Mailbag as enjoyable as always. And we got to bounce out for the week, but Zach and I, of course, will be back in the saddle uh, Sunday night, 615 Mountain, 815 Eastern. And in the meantime, there will be a couple of pods from, I believe, Dove Valley Deep Divers Friday night and Saturday night, the, the usual time, the 6 o'clock local hour, 8 Eastern. There will be a podcast from Eric and Lance. And Saturday, Eric and Lance, and then here coming very soon, we're going to have some news on a new podcast that's that we're going to be debuting that's going to feature Luke Patterson. So those of you who uh, were on the live streams during the draft, Zach and I have had Luke on the podcast a few times. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, Luke was on the draft streams Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night of the draft. So most of you know full well who Luke is by now, but he's going to be debuting his own podcast here very, very soon. He, he will have a co-host. I'm not going to spoil it or ruin it quite yet. We'll wait for till he's 100% ready to unveil that. But that's coming down 
the pike here very, very soon. So stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, look for Dove Valley Deep Divers to do two podcasts again this weekend. And make sure you don't miss it, guys. They're, they they need you in the community as much as we need you. So check out those podcasts. Otherwise, Zach, uh, what do you got going this weekend, dude? What are you going to do? Uh, you know, the same old Q lifestyle, Chad. I'm going to put together, I, like I said, I bought, I told you off air, I bought a couple bookshelves I'm going to put together. So I'm going to spend my weekend being, you know, productive and uh, hopefully the time passes a little faster. But it, I was thinking to myself, it's crazy how fast this week has gone for us. I mean, I remember just potting on Monday and it's already yeah. Thursday, the last pot of the week. It's just crazy how much it flies. And uh, it, it shows you how much we look forward to it every single day. Yep. Time flies when you are having fun and you guys make it a blast for us. So thank you as always. A couple of quick reminders as we're getting out of here, make sure you're following the pod on Twitter at huddle up pod. And then also don't forget to like this video, whether you're on YouTube, Twitch, Periscope, Facebook, wherever you're watching this thing, make sure you like it before you bounce on out. You guys have no idea how much that helps us. And then follow on Twitter at mile high huddle, my partner here, at Kelberman NFL on Twitter and myself at Chad and Jensen shout out to Buona beast for helping out as always. And uh, we'll see you guys on the other side on Sunday night, six fifteen mountain for Zach. I'm Chad. We'll talk to you guys then. You've been listening to the huddle up podcast. Join Broncos country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.